Welcome to Watermark's Church Leadership Podcast, a conversation with church leaders for church leaders. I'm John McGee, and I'm joined in the studio today by three of my much younger friends, guys. <laughs> hey, John. Hey, guys. <laughs> so in the studio today, uh, I think all of you are first timers uh, mm-hmm. on the podcast. Yes. Uh, Emma Daughter. Uh, Emma is 24. She works on the young adult team. And Emma works with all the churches that want to kind of stream the porch into uh, their location. So kind of helping them think about yeah. their leader development and how to stand all that up. Uh, so welcome, Emma. Glad, Thank you, John. Glad, glad to be here. Glad you're here. Uh, J.D. Rogers, he is 27 and is on the uh, porch team as well. Uh, uh, kind of kind of the creative powerhouse in many respects. Powerhouse. You are he a powerhouse. And nice. also, uh, if for those of the, who came to the CLC, uh, was the one who uh, wrote and directed and choreographed and recorded our flash mob that we yes. started. DLC checked off my bucket list. <laughs> Direct a flash mob. It was an am- amazing. It, it was an amazing way to start the conference. That was all uh, JD uh, and then Brie or Gabriella Odom. If you wanted to look her up uh, on our website, we call her Brie. She is wait for this nineteen <laughs> years old. A teenager. She drove. She drove. She drove her. <laughs> Herself yes. to, uh, to work today. Just graduated high school a year ago. <laughs> yes. And so uh, Bree is uh, works with our students and is part of our institute uh, program. And uh, and all, all three of these 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 are leaders. They are they're not uh, you know kind of two bit uh, interns. All three of these have distinguished themselves in the ways that they've led. And recently at our church leaders conference, the CLC, we did a session together on what younger leaders wish older leaders knew and what older leaders wish younger leaders knew. And it was really short. Um, and, you know, kind of devolved. I was hoping we get some spicy, you know, hot takes and uh, kind of devolved into uh, kind of this love fest where, you know, the younger leaders were loving on the older leaders. And I love you guys. And, <laughs> it was you know, sweet. It's, it's exactly what happened. <laughs> I was looking kind of more for a fist fight, you know, uh, and uh, it, did, it didn't. <laughs> a brawl did not turn out. But uh, it was really well received. Uh, the, you know, the kind of the audience was like, man, that was really helpful. Just the modeling uh, of it. So since we didn't have very long, we thought we would just kind of take a little bit more time here to tease out some of the things that you would like to share with older leaders, things that you wish uh, as younger leaders, older leaders knew. Uh, Number one, we need you to develop us. So Emma, what do you mean by that? Here's two pitfalls I've seen in my whopping 24 years, almost 25 years of (laughs) life. Uh, I've seen, well, first I've seen that I need development. I don't know everything. But as I've worked in ministry since I graduated college, I've seen two things, uh, that there could be this tendency to let young leaders just run with zero supervision, Mm -hmm. or two, to let them run and see that they're making mistakes, but then behind the scenes, it's like, oh my gosh, I just want to wring the necks of these young people on my staff. And that's what a a pastor said to me at the CLC. That's a real quote. That's Uh, right. Yeah, that is a real quote. But in both of those scenarios, we as the young leaders are missing out on the opportunity to be faithfully wounded. Like faithful are the wounds of a friend. And so it's helpful if you speak into our lives. And prior to coming to Watermark, I'd been working at a church where I just got to run. I got to teach college Bible studies. I got to be super involved in the ministry and while my my boss, our, our college minister, was cheering me on and wanted to know what was going on in my life, I wasn't being sharpened in teaching or in, in leading and in how I communicated. And I was just being told, hey, you're so awesome. Keep going. You're doing a great job. And I was only hearing the positives. Fast forward a couple years, I'm sitting in Mel's office. Mel is an older woman on our staff, 51, yeah. uh, so double my age. And I, I show up probably 
three weeks into the Watermark Institute and I am just complaining about my peers. Mm-hmm. And she... Lo- I remember. Yep. We were in class together. We were in class together. <laughs> this is too easy. Blah, blah, blah. I've already written curriculum for all of this. And I was like, who is this girl? Yeah. Oh. So Mel just lets me go for probably 20, 30 minutes. And then she's like, hey, are you done? I'm like, yeah, I think, I think that's everything. <laughs> everything I wanted you to know. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. And she goes, hey, do you know that you sound really arrogant and prideful right now? And I had no idea. Like, I was so blind to the fact that the way I was communicating said something really horrible about my character and how I viewed others. And Mel just got to step into that conversation. And instead of talking about what my friends were doing, what everybody else was doing, she got to sharpen me in my communication. And obviously, I wasn't going to get it right every single time, but she just encouraged me, hey, you need to practice. Like, you need to think about how what you're saying is being received by the person you're speaking to or about. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think it's really important that older leaders do not shy away from hard conversations, from developing conversations and actually lean in, like lean in all the more because we acknowledge, I mean, hopefully the the younger leaders on your staff are there because they are men and women of character and they're walking in humility and in that there's this acknowledgement of we need to shut up and listen and learn. Mm-hmm. And like the, the 20s and, and the 30s, I mean, hopefully we never get out of the posture of learning, like teachability, there's always something to learn. But like, man, in those young adult years and those beginning years of ministry, we're coming in with this posture of like, I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching, and I'm listening and I'm learning. And so never, never feel like you have to shy away because you could be missing out on an opportunity to not only just, correct someone, but then to encourage them to do things that they didn't even see themselves. So Emma, yeah. I know that you had another conversation with Mel, um, kind of the same vein, but a whole different out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, situation. yeah. Yeah. So fast forward a year, I'm, I'm coming to Mel and I'm like, Hey Mel, I think the Lord is leading me to start using social media to reach my peers. And I'm honestly, I was kind of looking for an out. Like I'm thinking Mel's 50. She's going to say social media is dangerous. You should not do that. And you know what she did? She was like, Emma, that is exactly what, what you should do. God's gifted you. Here's how I, how I see those giftings in you. Here's where I see how you have a desire to learn and study and communicate truth and look at all the people God has put around you that were also, I mean, JD is one of those people who's great at social media. And Mel encouraged me to not only run in that lane and that ambition, which we'll talk about ambition yep. here in a little yep. bit, but. And social media. And social media, yeah. <laughs> but to invite others in, and she cheered me on in that all the way. So yep. it wasn't just, hey, Emma, you you need to get your act together. Blowing up these young yeah. kids. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. And, what I love and, about that story is if you look at it, she challenged you a year pro- before that. Totally. And said, hey, pride. I'm seeing pride. I'm mm-hmm. seeing arrogance. And then a year later, she's releasing you to, run. to go and post yourself on social media teaching God's word. That means that Mel must have seen you take that sharpening conversation and put it to action and get to work mm-hmm. um, on your heart mm-hmm. in a way that encouraged her then to, to release you to, to run in your gifting. So I, I love that. And what I'd say to the younger leaders, John, you always say, hey, you are smart, but you don't have wisdom. And if there's any younger leaders listening to this podcast, I would just encourage you, hey, when Solomon first started leading, he looked at the people around him and was like, oh my gosh, I'm not David. There's so many mm-hmm. people. And his prayer was, hey, Lord, would you give me an understanding heart that I might lead these people to you? And in doing so, 
what did God do? He gave him an abundance of wisdom and a bunch of other stuff, but an abundance of wisdom. And so my heart posture and to the young leaders listening, our heart posture should be that we're praying and asking for wisdom day by day because God will give it generously. But right now we lack it and we need it. That's really, really good. It's good. Bring anything? It's good. I think, man, when I think about being developed, um, I'm excited about the opportunity that older leaders have to develop us because, hey, if we if we want to be in this for the long time, like the long run and the long haul, uh, we are going to need to be de- developed in order to be faithful. And so it's an it's a really fun opportunity. That's for sure. And it's important because we are the future of your church. Thank you. Like we're the future of your staff. Like hopefully you're raising up people who can replace you. Like, you know, one of the things we see in Joshua is Joshua, he had great success, but then soon after followed failure. Why? The law wasn't kept. Yeah, and he didn't raise up. Oh, a new leader. A successor. Like Moses had done in Joshua, Joshua did not raise up a successor. And then Israel suffered because of that. And so hopefully we're all looking for successors, people that at any moment uh, can replace us. We're developing this kind of leaders. And that's why development is so important because we are the future of the church. I love um, it. So I love it, and I think for older leaders to know uh, too that there, something has shifted in kind of culture. I think you know, uh, my grandparents, my great grandparents, uh, when they turned eighteen, they you know uh, they left the farm, they started their own farm, they got married, so they were they were um, they were husband wife and business owners like all in one week, and they were they were ready to go right. <laughs> That's you guys, crazy. which is really amazing, <laughs> right? You know, and they were had they had they had a kid uh, at nineteen, right? Man. So you know, wow. so, so Bree, imagine we're behind, we're running, behind on that running one, running the farm, yeah. running the farm with one on your hip, and um, so they didn't think about development. They thought about a lot about more about doing. And I think it's just as I've observed kind of younger leaders, there's a, there's a move, kind of a cultural shift of we want to, we still want to learn. We still want to be developed. We're going to live candidly a whole lot longer than our great grandparents did. And we've got, we've got a little bit more time and we're looking to be developed. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Institute here is such a big deal is because you guys are going, I'm not ready to (laughs) start the farm and get married uh, at at 19. Uh, I've, I want to be developed. And um, if you, you might not think that way as an older leader, you, you maybe weren't that way uh, when you were that age, but I think you guys are and you want to be developed. Now, you know, you said really well, Emma, you don't want people just running around, just blowing you up and telling you how terrible uh, you are. It needs to be a right. redemptive path, which you just, I mean, what a, what a great story uh, with Mel. That, that needs to come out of a relationship. You, mm-hmm. Mel was for you. She didn't just, you know, uh, cross paths in the hall and tell right. you that you're, you're arrogant. Yeah, you know, you're right. Um, so there's a relationship and um, and there's a kind of this long-term redemptive view. But, you know, older leaders, I think you need to know that uh, something these guys want, something that I feel like I see you three ask for all the time is development, is feedback, help me get better. You know, JD, you spent a lot of time communicating, hey, how could I have done that better? Mm-hmm. What would you do different uh, next time? You know, Emma, some of the things that you do on, on social media. Um, so, uh, you need to take that by faith. If that's not the way you were at, uh, you know, 19, 20, 21, 22, 25, um, that's how these guys uh, are. And they want you to know um, that they need you to develop them. Okay. Definitely. So that's good. Uh, that's number one. We need you to develop us. Number two, uh, the older you get, the more relevant you get. JD, this one was yours. Tell me yeah. what you mean by that. Yeah. I think that it's a tendency to think that the older you get, the more irrelevant you become. You're getting kind of pushed out. And I would just push back against that. And I, you know, when we talk about, 
development and we crave development. There's a there's a lack of development. Why is that? I think it could be for a couple of reasons. I think people could say as they get older, man, I got more busy. My first ministry became my home. And trust me, pal, you don't want to see that. You don't want to get behind these walls. Like that takes up all my time. And there's so many things that are so valid. But I think that one of the reasons why, and a lot of people don't talk about it, is because there's an insecurity there. I think the older generation has maybe believed that the younger generation sees them as irrelevant and invalid and doesn't care what they have to say. And I was thinking about how often it's easy for parents to become to think this because of their own children. John, I don't know if your kids have ever made you feel irrelevant. I'm tra- I am tracking with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they've said something like, hey, dad, that was so dumb. Or mom, you know, you're you're being overbearing or too much. Or, so cheesy. You know, these yeah, clothes you're wearing. Dad jokes. Yeah, cheesy. Yeah. They'll make fun of your clothes or your dad hair jeans. or whatever it is. Dad jeans. Yeah. Yeah. John just starts venting. He's like, what time? He told me. <laughs> um, but because of that, I think that. You know, say that that's your reality and then you go to church and you meet these young adults and you're kind of vibing, but you can be like, ah, no, 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 they don't want me. Like they're like the same age as my kids and they see me as irrelevant and probably make fun of my jeans. And that insecurity can breed this unintentional like gap, like this separation Mm. and a loss in the mission. Because the church, you know, we're called like it was it was it was God's plan. The mission does not change that we were to go there for and make disciples. And that's God's plan to save the world is through discipleship. And so I would just say, hey, never stop making time uh, to being relevant to young adults through the through the lens of discipleship and time spent with them because you are so relevant. Like, listen, I don't care what your kids have told you. I don't care what people told you. Like, you're relevant. You matter. And the older you get, what makes you more relevant? It's experience. It's situations. You've walked through conflict. You've walked through loss. You've walked through job changes. There's so many things that is just gold to us that makes you so much like more relevant than ever before. So I would just say, I argue the older you get, the more and more relevant you get. And so act like it. We want it. I love it. Uh, so did you guys ever spend time with Jim Wimberly when he was on staff? Little A bit. Little. I never got to go to Waterburger with him. I, <laughs> I spent time with his wife. Okay. Yeah. So Jim was uh, 80 years old and he just retired and was, you know, I uh, think far and away the oldest guy on our staff. Uh, but what was so great was just how beloved he was. Mm. And JD, to your to your point, hey, Jim had seen it all. He'd seen it all twice. Mm. Yep. And um, and we loved. I was you know that, at times half Jim's age. Um, and I just I loved being with him. You mm. know, as did those that were younger, and they loved being with his wife. And totally. did he did he even know you know how to log into um, you know, his Instagram account or, you know, he, did he have a TikTok account? I, I doubt it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, what was really fun was that like, he had just walked with Jesus for a really long time and, um, and he wasn't, uh, he, he didn't really take himself too seriously and he wasn't trying to, to impress anybody. He was just there to serve anybody that, uh, came, uh, came into his life. And he, he was really sought after and he added so much value around mm-hmm. here, uh, because he had seen everything. So it happened all the time, we one one I remember we were in a meeting, a leadership meeting. We were talking about um, a, an issue, and he just goes, uh, "I forgot exactly, but it was like Tulsa, nineteen seventy seven And we, we all looked at like, well, "What are you talking about?" What? And he goes, "Hey, I've seen this before." Mm-hmm. And he laid out this story when he was in HR and this, you know, this factory that he went to and all these kind of things. And he said, "These are the principles that I learned. I think they would apply here." And we're like, "Oh wow, that 
that was golden. And, um, and so if you've, I, I love the way you said that JD, like you might be suffering from PTSD from, <laughs> from your kids, mm-hmm. um, or other young leaders <laughs> yeah. that have yeah. done it wrong. Uh, and, uh, and just push through that. You know, yeah. I, I think, uh, believe that there's somebody out there that, uh, that would, would love to get some time with you. If you won't make it about you, you make it about them and in, in, in a way to honor Jesus, not, not brag about, you know, all the, uh, the medals you won back in the war. Um, but you're, yeah. you're just there, you're just there to, to, mm-hmm. to serve them. Um, and I also think, um, there will be some young adults who are mean and who will, uh, who will shun you and make funny. Like I was going to say that to young adults <laughs> listening, like it is our job as well to affirm and build up the older generation. It's not just their job. We're the body of Christ. And so we're all called to encourage one another. And I would just say to you, like, yeah, that person looks bold and courageous when they're leading you, but they have feelings, they have emotions, they have insecurities. And so make sure that you're doing a good job of affirming them, calling out their giftedness and and showing them that you are inviting that voice into your life and that they're relevant to you. Really good. That's good. good. Okay. Uh, Let's, let's keep moving. Uh, Number three, um, young leaders want you to know that we don't want to take your time. We want to be part of your time. Bree, yeah. what, what do you mean by that? So good. Man, it's just, it's discipleship. Like this is what we do as believers. Like we invest in younger leaders and younger leaders. We want to learn from the older leaders. It's exactly what you've said mm-hmm. in, in the conversation of being relevant. I think, man, where I've been most built in ministry and I think what's poured into me and invested into me the most has been older leaders that have just invited me into their life. Like, yeah no agenda, no specific like things we need to go through or Bible studies, even that we have to like press through, but they've invited me to their dinner table. They've invited me to know their kids, to know their husbands, to be a part of the way they live life. And it's in those moments when I get to hear the way that they respond to their kids. And when I get to watch those women uh, serve their husbands, like those are the moments where I am most invested in as a leader. And so I think often for the older leader, we look at younger leaders often as like, man, I just need to find a time in my calendar to budget them in and to fit them into my busy life. And I think, man, what could it look like to view young leaders, not just as like warm bodies to, to be around, but as laborers to be sent forth. And I think about man, Matthew nine, where Jesus is talking about the harvest being really, really plentiful Mm -hmm. and the workers being really few. And he asks, we pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers. And I think that needs to be the prayer of our church that we would send forth laborers in this generation, that we would send forth laborers in this nation and that older leaders would see younger leaders as laborers to uh, encourage them, to equip them and to send them forth. And if you're going to send forth laborers, then invest in them and invite them into your life because we want to imitate you in the way that you imitate Christ. I love it. But we need the time to learn. I think along along those lines, Bree, it's also important for older leaders to remember that a lot of the young leaders on your church staff or even at your church, we're not going home to families. So when you invite us to come over to your home for dinner or to hang out with your kids at the baseball game or watch your kids play their baseball game. That for us is so life-giving because yeah. it feels like we're a family when my family's five hours away. Totally. Like they don't mm-hmm. live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that for me, like um, I've always thought about how I want to incorporate the older men in the church who have invested in me into like my wedding day one day. 
and like because that's it. a significant. I literally told my mom I wanted her friends as my my bridesmaids. Yeah, like, <laughs> like, because that's a significant. Then you guys that are improving, all these, yeah. these ladies. That's right. Yeah, yeah literally. It's like their time has just meant that much. Where I, when I think about that day, I'm like, I want them in it because they have been a father figure, a leader, a voice in my life that's impacted. That's going to impact my life. Yeah. you know, forever. Mm-hmm. It's so so fascinating listening to you guys because I will bet people who know who observe the three of you would never have guessed what you just said. And I take it to be true. I take it that you're not, you know, putting on a show here, uh, here in the podcast. <laughs> it's <true. laughs> it's <laughs> not a facade. Um, but I think if they saw you on the platform, if they saw your Instagram accounts uh, and things, they would go, man, these guys have got it going on and all they do is hang out with their super cool friends mm-hmm. uh, and do super mm-hmm. cool things and work on their um, uh, their Instagram accounts. And th- I bet they don't even know any, anybody that's old. <laughs> and uh, and I think, which I bet you most older leaders um, probably think that way about you know younger leaders. Like, why why would they even want to spend time with me? Mm. Um, with this kind of a theme that's, that's coming back, and and I love that you know just being involved with um, their lives. You know, Emma, like the, the the worst thing you could do is invite me to another soccer game or baseball game. Like you are. Uh, that's the least kind thing you could do uh, to me because that's you know, I've been swimming in that, you know. Yeah. And to hear you say like, "No, that would be awesome. We'll go, you know, we'll, we'll go get you. donuts before, and we'll watch the soccer game, and then mm-hmm. you know, and I'll leave from there. That would be really fun. Like, I don't even have a category for that, and uh, which is, but it's really, really helpful uh, yeah, to hear you say that. It doesn't have to be a coffee date. Like my my yeah. mentor from camp back when I was in college spent an hour with me on the phone. She doesn't live here, but. She was like, hey, I'm going to be playing with my kids while we talk on the phone. And like, sure uh-uh. enough, her son's there building his blocks and she's building oh, yeah. with him and I'm on speaker in the living room with them. And she's just doing life and invited me into that moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As if you were there building blocks yeah. with them. Exactly. My, my mentor and I will literally like do her laundry together. She'll pick me up. We'll go to the grocery store and just do life on life wow. yeah. because we want to be known. Household chores. We can get you guys Literally. to do yeah. Yeah, put us yeah, to that work. That was my put entire childhood yes. was, was doing life with the, my youth pastor and everything he did, I just did right alongside him. I learned so much. And I bet y'all said it on this podcast, like leadership is caught, not taught. Mm-hmm. Like that's essentially what we're talking about. Like Definitely. when you bring people into your life, we are, you don't have to sit down and go, here's how to parent. You just go, watch me parent. Exactly. And here's yeah. what you, here's how you parent. But some people would go, well, I'll teach you how to not parent, you know, when yeah. you see my kids. Right. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's just, I mean, that's that it's, that's on beautiful display. Like leadership is caught, not taught when you invite people it's into good. your life. I love it. Okay. Uh, number four, um, younger leaders want older leaders to know that we need you to champion us. So Emma, what do you mean by that? Yeah. It's encouragement. It's, it's saying, Hey, you can, you can do it. God wants to use you. And it, it's also affirming the gifts you see in us and not just saying, hey, uh, you're good at teaching, but hey, I'm encouraged by the way you're stewarding the gift God has given you. So one thing Mel, who we talked about just a second ago, does really well with me is that instead of just saying, Emma, you're gifted or Emma, you're awesome. She'll acknowledge that God's given me gifts as he's given all of us who are believers gifts, but then she'll encourage me and how I'm using those gifts and remembering that it's not me, it's, it's God through me. And just that older voice who's saying, yes, I see you and I see how the Lord's wired you, but I'm in, I'm going to encourage you as you honor him, not just as you be Emma. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. I would say with that, it's, it's so important that you have the right balance of challenging and championing. Yes. Because 
if you do one of too much, either you create some hot-headed young person who thinks that they are God's greatest gift to mankind. Yep. Yeah. But if you challenge too much, then you start to stifle ambition yeah. and you start to convince young adults that their passion and their ambition is wrong. Yeah. And so I would also like to just say as a kind of a sub point of this one, that making sure that you don't stifle a young leader's ambition in the name of yeah. challenging, um, but also that you don't let that ambition turn to pride in the name of yeah. championing. So practically, as as I stepped into the social media space and was like, hey, I, I really think that God wants to use me to equip my generation on this platform. As Mel processed that with me, one passage that we turned to is 2 Corinthians 10, where Paul says, hey, Corinthians, I pray your faith increases. I pray that our area of influence among you grows, but that as all of this happens, we boast in the Lord. And those be- those points from that passage became my my guardrails. Like, hey, am I, uh, is my aim to encourage my friends, Corinthians? I pray your faith increases. It's not sinful to want to reach more people. Like that is the great commission, but it's not about Emma it's that I would boast in the Lord and that he would be glorified all along the journey. Yeah, that's good. And I think to like continue on this point, if you're gonna, if you're gonna though champion ambitious, gifted young leaders, you have to be ready to create a space for them. And so I think a lot of times what can happen is, is a lot of churches could potentially overpromise and underdeliver. So let's say they have some internship program, which I love here. We stay away from the word intern. We do not have interns. We, we have fully devoted, equipped followers of Jesus on staff with us here at Watermark. And, and what can happen though, is you're like, come join us, come be a part or come be on staff here. And man, we're going to use your gifts. And we're going to this and that. And what really happens is they become a glorified intern. Yep. They set up chairs like, and they go get coffee and they're the, they're the 4:30 AM. So you can arrive at 8 30 AM and they're all these different things. And one, I'd like to just say what I love here, what I was just like, so taken back by when I got to Watermark was that there was no one too good to stack chairs. So I want to say that mm-hmm. first. Like there was no age or leader that was too good to be behind the scenes. And I saw that on full display. If you're with us at a CLC conference, you probably saw that like that was on full display amongst our entire staff. But then at the same time, they're like in this like vein of championing like these people, if you're like, we're going to call you higher and give, like, you know, call, raise up leaders for the future of the church, they're going to be ready, like just drooling at the mouth to be utilized for yeah. the kingdom of God yeah. and to advance the ministry. And there better be a space for that. Yeah, totally. I love it. And I think like with that, if we start to silence the dreams and the ambition of young leaders, we're just going to miss out on what God intends to do through those people. And so yeah. I think about Ephesians 2.10 of hey, we are God's masterpiece, like created for good works in which he has prepared in advance that we should walk in. And so for each one of us, there is really good works for us to walk in that God has prepared in advance for us. And if we start to just silence and hush the ambition and the dreams of those young leaders, I think our churches could miss out on what God intends to do in our body through those people. And John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there can be a tendency for the older leader to say to the younger leader, hey, you need to sit on the sidelines. Yeah. You need to learn humility. You you can't be on stage. You need to keep your mouth shut. And I would, this is a hot take, but I'd be bold enough to say that in doing that, you might not necessarily be teaching humility. You might just be teaching us to shut up. Let that one land. <laughs> That's be- good, Emma. Because yeah. Yeah. humility is when we put others before ourselves. Yeah. 
right? And yes, I'm serving others by stacking chairs. But if I'm, like JD said, if I'm being told God wants to use you, yeah. stack the chairs, <laughs> keep your mouth shut. Make the coffee. Yeah. How mm-hmm. do I reconcile that in my heart? That's really good. That's yeah. really good. Um, I, I love it. Uh, Can I ask I, you a question? Fire away. How do you, as an older leader in the church that is developing young leaders, how do you fight that tension of not wanting to make make a prideful, you know, give someone something too soon, being hasty to lay on hands yeah. and all that, yet at the same time not stifle ambition and creativity yeah. and giftedness? So I, I don't know. Here, here's the first thing that comes to mind is it was really helpful for me to remember what it was like to be you. And so I always, the principle of, you know, if I'm going to have a meeting, what I want to, if I'm going to host a meeting, lead a meeting, what I want to be in that meeting, if I'm going to host a conference, what I want to go to that conference. Mm. Um, If I'm going to lead younger leaders, am I leading them the way that I wanted to be led when I was their age? Right. And I remember, (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, being full of this ambition and full of this uh, um, just drive to go and to do and to be used and to be, um, you know, be kind of this linchpin in the kingdom of God, all these kind of things. Some of it, some of it, which was really healthy and holy and some of it that wasn't. Hmm. Uh, but I always wished that people would, uh, you know, see me, uh, and then be, you know, develop me and give me shots and give me feedback and things like that. So it's really helpful. Like when I look at you guys, I go, what, what do I wish people would have done for me? Well, I, you know what? I wish they would have put me on the platform and just give me a shot. Hmm. And, uh, and so you guys were, and you, I didn't give you anything. You guys had, were, had distinguished yourselves as leaders. That's why you're on the, the platform at CLC. Uh, but that's really helpful for me, JD, if that makes sense, because yeah. you're going to be there really soon. That's good. And you're going to, what? Uh, but the other, the other side of it when you get to be my age is you can actually sift through and see that it's not just all healthy and holy ambition. Right. Um, and the, the kind of that moment of truth is to say, how can I speak into it uh, without completely stifling them? Yeah. Uh, because if I do, I can l- re- really crush uh, someone. Right. So I think, you know, Emma, your example with Melissa Miller, um, she was able to do both. She was able to mm-hmm. point out, here's some logs in your eye. No one's ever told you. I will tell you what everyone else sees except you. Yeah. And also I believe in you. Mm-hmm. And um, and you are going to remember that so that, you know, when you're 51 or whatever Mel is, you'll go, hey, I've seen you before. I was <laughs> you. And uh, what you don't see is uh, how arrogant and prideful you are. And it's okay. Like, I'm going to point it out to you. I'm going to walk with you. Um, but I'm going to love, in your case, I'm going to love you the way I was loved and led. And then for those who aren't, mm-hmm. like, remember that, remember the emotion of, Wishing somebody saw you, wishing someone would invest, mm-hmm. and uh, and those are um, uh, really those good. are things. And you know, we're studying Second Timothy right now as as a body, and I just have this sense that um, Paul probably was taking some risks with Timothy in a way that now it's been a little bit sanitized. Now, like Timothy was this great, like, he was a kid. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. a he was a teenager, right? And he was Brie is who he was. <laughs> yeah, you know, running. Don't let anyone look down on me. <laughs> I know, I know. And uh, and all and he believed all those things are true. And he also he had to be taking some calculated yeah. risks. Mm, totally. And if Paul was willing to do that, you know, um, then I, I think I should be uh, as well. And it's how the church has continued to go to to go on. But uh, those are I think uh, those would be two things. One yeah. kind of. Uh, understand and remember what it was like to be you and then understand it's a it's a biblical model it's mm. that it's how this thing has always gone and and to your point jd it comes off the rails when we don't uh, invest and get that's people good. shots so yeah good, good. okay um uh, number five uh we can help you translate so older <laughs> leaders them. these guys want you to know they can help you translate so brie what do you mean by that yeah i think it's a it's a great point because 
man, there's probably so many older leaders that are trying to reach Gen Z and they just don't even know where to start. And so I think practically like invite young people to your table when you're trying to figure out if it's a sermon series, like, hey, what sermon series are we going to teach to high schoolers? Invite three high schoolers to sit in that meeting and to hear what they think their peers are needing to hear, whether if that's like, hey, we need to talk about pornography, we need to talk about alcohol, we need to talk all these different things. Like you need to invite those young people to the table so that they can even help you grasp and understand what they're needing, what they're craving and what they're seeing in culture. And then I think there's a whole another degree of that of like, hey, I just think that you need to grab some young leaders in order to understand what Gen Z or what millennials are facing up against uh, in culture. We're living in a, a culture that is really relative and we just love our own truth and we love to believe that our way is best and we're being raised in a culture uh, where anything that uh, comes against your own opinion or your own feeling is uh, hostile and it is unwelcomed. Um, And so we're being raised in a culture where we are, in my opinion, just craving truth. We are craving clarity. We uh, need to be told what is black and white about scripture and about the character of God and about culture. And we need to be, um, we need to be taught those things in a way that is consumable in a way that is kind in a way that is, uh, humble. But I just, I just think there's an opportunity for older leaders to grab some middle schoolers and some high schoolers and bring them into their meetings in order to understand like, Hey, what language are y'all using? What are the things being talked about in school? What are the things that y'all are wrestling with? And even on a practical sense, I think of my high school uh, pastor and he literally forced me to download TikTok on my phone because he was like, I just need you to spend 15 minutes of this on a day, a day, and you can put a timer on it, but I just have to know what's happening in culture. And I don't understand the app enough to have it on my phone. And I was like, okay, sounds great. And so I downloaded TikTok and we would have weekly conversations about what was happening in culture just so he could better minister to people. And so, yeah, there's an opportunity there for us to help you translate. I love that. I love Um, that. I think it's so important because I know even for me growing up, like the conversation of sexuality, let's say, um, if you were homosexual, whatever, it was like, you couldn't talk about it. That was just like not talked about. And I would say anyone even older than me, it was like, it it was only more and more silence the older you get. And then I learned that on TikTok right now, there's like a trend where like you come out as bisexual on TikTok, yeah. on social media. And that's a whole different childhood yeah. where totally. now it's like encouraged to come out on a public platform. Totally. And so like if you're not willing to enter those conversations and learn, you're you're speaking to an audience that if you're speaking to your childhood self, it's just so such a different world now. So there's so much benefit um, to learn about younger the younger generation and we can help. And just to, it's an opportunity to be all things to all people and to press into young people's context and to understand like, hey, what are they being fed from culture? And like, how does that match up with or not match up to what God's word obviously is saying? And yeah. so how can we press into that? Yeah, good. Perfect. Okay, well, let's keep moving because um, I bet you this one 
we could spend some time and energy on. <laughs> so at number six, you guys just said, hey, uh, we want these guys to know, we want these older leaders to know that we see social media as a massive opportunity. So mm-hmm. JD, this is a hot button, brother. You have yeah. The floor. Oh man. I, and it's funny. We just talked about TikTok, kind of a good transition segue here. Um, you know, when, when you open up the gospel of John, everyone was coming to John saying, are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? Because he was living in such a way where transformation was happening around him and like lives were being saved around him. And he was baptizing all these people and making disciples, but he responds with this answer that I think is, it's like, it's like my headline for social media. It's, he says, I am not the light or the, the verse says he was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Mm-hmm. And then later we see him say, Hey, there's someone coming greater than me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to unstrap. So how can someone with such influence have such humility? Like John shows me it's possible. Huh. People were literally mistaking him as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. That's influence. That's like living a good life. And that, that description of John, he's not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. It's because people were like, there's so much happening on this guy. Yeah. Social media can put a light on someone. Like there's no denying it. Mm-hmm. And you can put light on evil things and sometimes good things. Like it sheds light. That's what it does. And a lot of times it can be a very me focused light. And just because a light was being shown on John did not mean that he was wanting it and he was doing his work to get that light. He was like, it's like he came to bear witness about it. And so I think that's how Christians should see the opportunity with social media. It's dark. Mm-hmm. It's evil. There's pagans practicing just awful things on social media. But we as Christians have the light. Like we have Jesus. Mm-hmm. So when I see a dark place, I'm not like, what is that? I'm not getting that. Shut it off. And that I'm running full force into it, not because of my light, not to make my light shine brighter, but to shine a light in the dark place with the light of Jesus Christ and the gospel. And so with that, people could look and go, well, it kind of looks like you're shining a light on you. And I would say, this is where the conversation gets really nuanced and you have to constantly have truth tellers speaking into your life because you can get even blind to your own problems, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and so you have to have people constantly speaking in and running things by your people because on the other end of the conversation, John, like we're a social media generation. It's like, we grew up with this thing. Yeah, it's not new to us we've... and it's so casual. Yeah. So like native, yeah. I, I posted pictures from prom when I was in high school and like yep. I posted like my life on social media. I mean, even the older generation, like I asked and I raised their hands at CLC of who's on Facebook, who's on and like so many of them raised their hands and they're posting their kids and they're posting their vacations and they're posting about their life. <laughs> and I don't want to make it sound like I don't want to become some like, if you don't post every post about Jesus, then what are you doing? Yep. You're, practicing, you're practicing pagan wor- like worship. And so it, I get the tension. I don't have like a very clear answer, but I just, it's a conversation worth having. Yep. And, and I would add to that. So I got a text from JD uh, this weekend and it was a, oh. a screenshot of a DM you'd gotten from a girl. Oh yeah. And, and this is where I, I think these are the conversations that happen on social media that you don't see from the outside. So this girl had watched a porch message. It convicted her. She sent a message to D- to JD and she says, in, in short, I'm summarizing it, but I felt convicted. So I broke up with my boyfriend. I don't know what to do. I feel lost. I feel broken. And right, right now I want Jesus. Just like JD shared, I'm feeling lonely and I don't know where God is. Can, can you help me? I'm sorry to reach out via DM. And JD gets tons of these messages. Now, best practice, he's a guy. 
probably shouldn't be DMing with girls over Instagram, right? Mm -hmm. But he says, hey, I've got a friend, Emma. And now I get to, we're going to jump on a phone call Mm -hmm. next week. And I get to share the gospel with this girl. And what an opportunity. She lives in another state. So yes, I'm going to encourage her to plug in with a local body where she is. But she's hungry for truth. And she found it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I and I I will like just speak candidly with you, John. This is not like a oh good go me, but like because of the media generation, my Instagram DMs like I mean, hundreds. It's yeah, and it's people just... reaching out asking more questions, pressing in stuff like that. It's kind of like the and, the info the prayer request cards used to be mm-hmm. when you would That's fill really out the good. paper at church. Now and it's I'm on like, the internet. How sad would it be if I let someone's opinion? Or someone's thoughts on their perception of me without knowing me keep me from ex- seeing fruit like this. Yeah. And and but they're all again, it's such a tension. Hmm. You can't <laughs> you can't flip to the other side where yeah. you're like not letting anyone speak into it. And and so, anyways, yeah. it's messy. Have you ever had to change anything that you posted, wrote? Uh, because of someone who was older than you uh, yes. had, a, had a perception yes, or multiple uh, times. Okay. Multiple times. And, and I would say this, sometimes I don't even agree with their correction, but I do it anyways because I respect them more than I want the post. Like anytime if an older person was like, Hey, uh, I bet that doesn't, isn't very loving to anyone, everyone. Like I would take it down if I were you, I don't even like text them. I go immediately wow. delete it. Cause wow. I'm just like, it's not worth it. Like at the end of the day, it's up there for 24 hours and it's gone. And it's like mm-hmm. not even that long. It's sometimes. better to be cautious. Exactly. And so if anyone is speaking to my life and there's any hint of this could not edify the church or bring glory to God, or this is really self-exalting, or not confusing. worth it, or yeah. confusing. Yeah, not worth it. It's mm-hmm. just not worth it. And I think what can happen is if you start to, as a young leader, idolize it, those voices, you don't, you, you, you push them further and further away. And now it's a proceed with caution because it sounds like you are getting a little more set on yeah. your agenda and your own glory and fame than the Lord's. It's really good. I, um, yeah, I, that's not what I thought you'd say, actually, JD. That uh, you would take it down even if you don't uh, agree with it. So you are you distinguish yourself in that mm-hmm. and your humility, uh, which is really really encouraging. But I, I think some older leaders. I, what I thought you were going to say is like hey, so every once in a while someone will kind of raise an issue and I'll mm-hmm. think about it and I go, oh, they're right. Uh, you don't even process it that, to that extent, which is really interesting. I bet you won't be the response that most older leaders are going to get when they lean in. And yeah. I would encourage you just. Um, you know, to ask questions or just say, hey, this is how this hit me if you want to know, um, because that people might be a little bit more defensive. But I think you would, you know, older leaders would do younger leaders a service to say, I don't really understand this platform or this this media as well as you do. But can I just tell you how I just like first blush, how this, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, kind of hit me. And so but but again, I, I'm not really sure. Um, and I don't know as, as much as you know, but I just, I thought that might be helpful just for some feedback. And That's then great you, you, you didn't, you didn't paint them into a corner and say, you know, you're selfish and things like that. Uh, but I, but I, I do think, you know, this is, again, we're, we're talking to older leaders, but younger leaders, like you have to know, <laughs> to an older leader, they go, man, you're just posting pictures of yourself and your lunch. And then you get your friends together and you dress up and you and you take pictures and you post those up and then you go on vacation and you take pictures like what are we doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And there's some of that that's just true it, that you uh, I, I love the way you said, J.D., like you can just kind of be swept up in the current that you don't even see it uh, anymore. Just how self-focused uh, it is. And yet you can actually post a picture of yourself 
and start great conversations that end up in DMs, that end up in phone calls, that end up in people uh, engaged in their local church in a way that didn't happen. Like yeah. all that's possible. Um, and so, so older leaders, I think that we're, sometimes we're at a bit of a disadvantage because we didn't, I didn't post, um, you know, uh, my pictures of a prom. My, uh, you know, my mom took them on a, uh, on a camera <laughs> and got the film developed mm-hmm. right? in a scrapbook somewhere. <laughs> it's in yeah. a scrapbook, you know, and the and the uh, and the uh, the photos are, are are getting yellow. And so I did. It was. It, I'm not native. I'm not a digital native the way that mm-hmm. you are. And so sometimes anything that's not normative to us, we think is is kind of wrong. And uh, and I, and I'll, all three of you, I've, I've loved the way you talk about social media. It's just not where. That's just not my playground. Um, but you guys talk repeatedly about the opportunity that it is, you know, and the dangers. Um, and, and I think it's really helpful for older leaders to know that uh, it's not just about uh, grabbing more, you know, followers mm-hmm. and likes that um, there are some people that are going, I'm, I want to be on mission here. I could yeah. go overseas. I could do I could I could coach at the high school, uh, but I'm going to uh, make posts. I think yeah. that glorify God and start start discussions. So I. I just really, I just feel like I got to say to younger leaders really quick with about the whole social media thing. I think making sure God did not put um, social media in his mission. He did put um, his word in front of us. He put prayer. He put discipleship. He put uh, being a part of the church and serving the church. And if you are more obsessed with your social media posts more than you are with praying, and uh, if you're more obsessed with creating sermon clips or just anything about media over just the foundational, like um, spiritual disciplines, like mm. the things that God has given us that have worked, they're, they're timeless. They've always worked. Um, I would just say, like, check yourself. Yeah, like, just good. don't ever, ever let it outpace those things. I love it. Okay. Well, last one. Bree, we're going to give you a, kind of the last word here. Um, what younger leaders wish older leaders knew. And Brie, you wanted to say that we need you to run your race. Mm. What do you mean by that? Mm, That's good. Yeah, we need you to run your race. Like I tell older leaders this all the time that, hey, if you are still breathing, there is still a race for you to run. And I think that comes from a, hey, like as much as we are encouraging y'all to pass off the baton and to rise up the next leader and to invest and to champion and to develop and all these things, like if you are a follower of Jesus and if you are so obsessed with the mission of God and you want to see heaven invade earth and on this side of eternity, you want to be on the battlefield, engaged in what God has for you as you are throwing off sin and entanglement and running with perseverance, the race marked out for you. Like we just have work to do. And I like, I want to see a church that is multi-generational. I want to see a church that is effective and beautiful. And I just think that the church will be more effective and more beautiful if we run together. And so it's not just about like, Hey, looking to the young leader in your church, that's fiery and passionate and giving them opportunity to be all that God has called them to be and to do all that God has, God has called them to do. But you have an opportunity to be all that God has called you to be and to do all that God has called you to do and to run really hard and really faithfully because the next generation needs you to. And so I, um, man, I just, I just am dreaming and believing that the next generation will be more faithful if we have older leaders that are fighting on our behalf. Um, I think that social media is fighting for our attention. I think that politics is fighting for our attention. I think culture and relative truth and, um, 
gender identity. Yeah. And just all these crazy movements are fighting for our attention. Like we see a generation that votes with their feet. Like we march and we protest and we want to be a part of a movement and we have movements fighting for us. We have pornography fighting for us and we have a lot of voices and a lot of noise fighting for our attention. And so what could it look like to see the church fight for us? But y'all will only be able to fight for us if you are faithfully running and faithfully pursuing the holiness and the kindness of God and getting to war. And so Man, I'm praying for like a, a Jeremiah 29 that the the word of God would be and the name of God would be like a fire shut up in our bones that we would be weary with holding it in and we cannot. And that's the type of fire that I'm longing to see in older leaders and in younger leaders. And I just think that God will be pleased by our obedience if we do so. It's mm. a good way to good way so to good. end, Bree. Thank you so much, um, guys. Thank you. That was uh, really fun, and I. Uh, I hold all three of you in high regard, and you are my younger brothers and sisters. But uh, but I've learned from you. I've been encouraged. I, I feel energized uh, by you. So so thanks. And so thank you. Um, this is how we do it. This, this is, a, is it. This is how we do <laughs> it. So just in, in closing, let me let me just offer a few kind of tangible next steps um, to older leaders. So number one, you just heard Bree end with, hey, just live it out. Will you will you like give us a model worth following? If you're going to do anything, just live it out. Which is what really what Paul did uh, for Timothy. As much as anything, he just lived it out. He knew uh, Timothy knew his way of life, and he knew way the ways he acted publicly and behind closed doors, and that was the ways he discipled him. So uh, do that. Uh, just look for ways to invite younger leaders in. And as Breeze just said, hey, if you're putting a sermon series together or you're thinking about um, some content or you're thinking about a mission strategy, get some younger leaders in and just say, hey, what would your friends think about this? How do you think about this? Tell me what questions your friends uh, are asking. Another one you can do is just you know look for ways that just to try to give some younger leaders a shot and just kind of, you know, grin and bear it. They might mess it up. They probably won't do it as well as you, but that is how they're going to learn. Where this week, where this month, can you give a younger leader uh, a shot? Um, and then if you want if you want an email to send, uh, I'd encourage you to pick somebody out and just say, you know what, if I was just going to help you, if I was going to do anything I could just to help you get ready for a life of ministry uh, with no strings attached, what, what, what could I do for you? And uh, just just think on that, pray on that, send that email, take somebody uh, to lunch and just say, like, literally, with no strings attached, how could I help you? What doors could I open? What, um, you know, what what learnings can I pass on? How can I encourage? How, how can I pray? And just be others uh, focused in that uh, in that moment. And um, yeah, and I think we will create the church that we'll be glad to go to uh, when we're older. That's okay, good. <laughs> so good. hey, thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or comments on today's episode, feel free to contact us by email at clp at watermark.org, clp at watermark.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again next time. Mm-hmm.